Hey Print Hustlers, Bruce from Printavo, Simple Shop Management Software. Welcome back to another episode of the Print Hustlers podcast. We've got our co-host Stephen Farrag over at Canvas Inc. And we've got a very special guest today out of New Braunfels, Texas. We've got Jody Redding, one of the owners at Redding Company. Thanks so much for being able to join us. Good morning. We got you up bright and early over there. Actually, no, you, you guys are on Central Time too, right? Central Time, same time, yep. That's awesome. So, Jody, give us a little, um, we've known each other for maybe a year and a half or so and, and um, have grown pretty close. Um, I think your story is pretty cool in what you've done. You want to give us a little background about uh, Redding Company? You know, I'm Jody Redding, and um, uh, my wife and I own a company called Redding Company. We started in December of 2017. Before two years ago, I had a corporate job. I was a regional sales manager for Nestle and did like a lot of medical sales and sales management stuff. In 2017, uh, my wife and I, uh, she was kind of doing some embroidery things out of our out of our home. And we decided we're going to go for it, you know, start our own company. My wife brings a lot of trade experience with her because she did that out of our house for like 20 years, so just right at two years ago. Your print shop serves your local community, right? Right. Um, right. You and, and, and you've got kids in college. This is kind of, this is almost yeah. like a sec, second life for you guys a little bit or? So we have four kids. One's in junior high, one's uh, in high school, and two of them are in college. Not the best time to start a business probably, you know, with all of this uh, financial responsibility. You know, when we started the business in 2017, at the end of 2017, we wanted to start it debt free. All of our equipment that we have, uh, is paid for. Our first year in sales, we did about 300,000 in sales our first our first year, which really in 2018, we didn't get started until probably after the first quarter because we didn't even have all of our machines here. And then in last year was our first full year, we did right around, right about 500,000 in sales. Sweet. That's awesome. I think your story resonates with a lot of print shops is like we go to the trade shows I see like the husband-wife duo a ton, and in the last couple of years, you guys, you own a Rock Auto, right? DTG right. Embroidery. So we're not, I mean, these aren't small potatoes anymore, I guess. We want to bring you on so we can talk about pandemic stuff. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a world before March 1st, 2020, and there's a world after March 1st, 2020. Bruce and I are younger. We've got a lot of, you know, like uh, time to mess up. You're someone who's, you know, already have kids in college, have a family, right. you know, you, you've worked the corporate job already. Let's dive into this before March 1st. How are you running your business? Whenever you start, we didn't know how to screen print. There was this giant learning curve for us on just learning how to screen print. Now, obviously my wife brought a lot of knowledge with her on the embroidery side, so that was pretty easy. Screen printing, bookkeeping, organization, production, payroll, pricing, social media. Who's going to do artwork? Are we going to do artwork? Or somebody else going to do artwork? We don't have an artist, you know? So there's all this stuff that happens in that first year. As the business grew, we had to add other employees throughout 2018. You know, we had to renovate our shop. You know, we had to paint the walls. I mean, we had to physically do everything in that first three or four months before we opened up. We have a retail front that's about a thousand square feet of retail that has like local New Braunfels um, items in it and also like some stuff from the local high schools. And then the back of our shop is production. We have one auto 
uh, one manual and a forehead embroidery machine. So we're small. I actually did the printing for like our first nine months. I'm doing all the printing and at the same time I'm learning how to print. So I'm not, <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to buy a shirt from Reading Company, you know, maybe in that first 90 days, you yeah. know, maybe that wasn't the best shirt I ever printed. Talk to us, Jody, about like spending in the first, you know, after you got your first year, groundwork's laid down, yeah. you know, now you're trying to hire employees, you're trying to really scale up. What's your mindset financially? When you first start, I mean, we weren't even paying ourselves at first, you know, we were just um, trying to find out if the business was going to be profitable or not. It took us about nine months to a year or so before we felt comfortable paying ourselves anything at all or, or you know, doing anything like maybe even an owner's draw. We hired a bookkeeper. That was really good because we got monthly statements. We could see our profit and loss every single month. You know, they were done on time. Um, all the expenses and everything were, you know, categorized correctly. I mean, I, I would see them and I could look at them and ask questions and I would meet with this person, you know, every month. Was that you an, know, an in-house bookkeeper or somebody that you worked with? It was, it was, it was, it was someone local that we found in our community that does, that does bookkeeping for other companies. You know, she'll spend about three to five hours a month on our books. You know, it's a lot of transactions too. I can't imagine being where we were last year, even having a half a million dollars in sales. I can't imagine trying to keep the books for that with over like 2,500 transactions on right. Stripe and Square. When did you bring them in or her in? Was that a half a million or was that like 300,000 from the year before? We brought a bookkeeper in probably like after the first three or four months because, well, let me back up. Joni and I, my wife, we kind of realized like we're not good at bookkeeping. And so I don't want to do something I'm not good at. That was one of the first things we did was hire a bookkeeper. Now, I know some people have a business like ours. Yeah. What about the artwork side? So you actually, you talked about when you were getting started, you were like, how do we handle artwork? Was that another one that you outsourced? Yeah, so at, first, doing it? so at first my wife was doing it all and she was having to learn Corel and about how to do artwork or how to augment artwork that people send us. But eventually, even in that first year, we had to use like some virtual assistants. You know, as you start to get really busy months, you can't keep up. So if you're trying to do it all in-house, plus, you know, you got to think like when you're small like us, everybody's wearing multiple hats. And so it's not that my wife couldn't do all the artwork, but she's also got other things she's trying to do, like order a cost of goods sure. or send sure. quotes out. So it's just, you only have so much time. We didn't really start to work with other artists kind of virtually, I guess you could say, until probably act like after the first six months. All right. So let's talk about your conversations now post-March 1st. Um, business is doing, I mean, everyone has seemed to be sky high. What have your conversations been like now with your, your, your wife, your business partner? Like, yeah, you know, how have things changed? And talk us through that. Because I know on, on some you know bigger companies, yeah, they're laying off tons of employees. Your yeah. family business. Talk to us about that. When this thing hit, we did probably $170,000 in sales just in the fourth quarter, right? And after January, we were like 40% ahead of last year, right? So I'm like, man, this is this is awesome. You know, like we talked about, there is a world before March 1st, 2020 and after. I told all my employees just to take 10 days 
off. They're hourly, so they, they weren't going to be paid. But let's see what's going to happen in 10 days, and I'll call you guys back. Well, last week, I had to call them back and say, hey, we furloughed everyone to allow them to go ahead and apply for unemployment. Our business, unfortunately, went back to the beginning where it was kind of like, you know, January of 2018, where it was just myself and my and, and Joni. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really are at a point now, I feel like, where we're kind of having to start all over. Now, the difference is from two years ago, though, we have a lot more trade knowledge. We know how to do things very well now because we've learned them. We've also learned, you know, what are some good things we've done and what are some things that are not so good that we don't need to keep doing. So I look at try to find a silver lining in all of this. How many times when you're busy, do you get a chance to stop and hit pause on your business? If you could start your business over again, how would you do it differently for our business? And this may not be the same for everyone. That's kind of what's happening. When we get started again, I think to be better and stronger when this comes back. That makes sense. What what do you feel like you would do? differently or or that you're replanning. So get the book traction and read it. One of the things we're going to try to do is implement that in our business so that when we start back and we start to bring back employees, this is how we're going to do things going forward. When we first opened, we had a little bit of time. I, I was talking about core values. We talk about what our core values are all the time, but we haven't really put anything together and communicated that with our employees. We would write them down and say, hey, one day we need to communicate this to our employees. We need to, to have a meeting about it. You know, we need to put it up on the wall in the front retail shop for all of our customers and, and employees to see. And then we need to live by it. But we never did it. Why didn't we do it? Because we got really busy. We're all doing like four or five different things in the beginning while you're starting your business. And you just never get to those things that you probably like they get kind of kicked to the back, but really, sure. for example, in the book Traction, that's like the first thing you should do, not the last. What's everybody held accountable to? You, the owner included, integrity, respect for people, you know, how you're going to treat your customers, how you're going to interact with everyone, how you're going to treat, you know, um, your employees, how everybody's going to treat each other. And so whatever your core values are, you know, for, for example, We have time now, my wife and I, to sit down and write them out and say, these are our three or four core values and to get really organized. And then when everyone comes back to be able to communicate that and articulate that and say, this is how we're going to go going forward. I would say another one would be figuring out what our strengths and weaknesses are, like what I'm good at, what my wife is good at, what I'm not good at. I've worked with Stephen on some of this stuff on, on just your workflow. Like, do you have a workflow chart for your business? Do you know, like, from when an order comes in until the order is put in the box and sent out to the customer, does everyone in your organization understand how that workflow goes, whether it's embroidery or screen printing or DTG? And so we have a workflow. Steven's helped me with the workflow. We've edited the workflow. But I don't know that I've communicated that with everyone, and I don't know that I've put something visually together so that everyone can see. Because it's important for when you hire a new employee for them to know how a sale becomes something in the box at the end, right? So That makes sense. So I just think like out loud here, I'm thinking we have a lot of time right now 
to really get organized as a business. And so you, you have to use the time right now. If you're, if you're not producing things and you're not, you know, you're not, you don't have sales or, or maybe you're forced to right now. Like for us, you know, I just got a note on my phone. Critical manufacturing in our community is the only manufacturing that can be open today. So we're not open, right? Well, that changed from last week. My wife and I are going to work on some of these things so that we're a more healthy or better organized company coming out of it. I love it. So, you know, for you, it's not as, and what I'm hearing is like, and there's print shops out there that are doing a fantastic job fundraising and setting up online stores and stuff. That's not something you've talked about. And I know you guys do merch stores. You do all that stuff. Is that an afterthought for you? Is the sales not a priority right now? What, because you kind of said like you didn't pay yourself for the first nine months. So this is kind of just like back to ground zero a little bit. Do you feel like you need sales desperately? I know you guys don't have a lot of debt, but like, I'm sure there's a lot of businesses out there that are panicking. Like I need to keep my press moving. I need to keep my presses moving. And I'm seeing a completely different angle from you. So sales are very important. But right now, you know, a lot of shops and, and for us, a lot of what's happening is out of our control. You know, last week, our little downtown association had a, a T-shirt that they wanted us to print and, and do an online store for. You know, it was for all the local downtown businesses in New Braunfels that do like restaurants and bars and um, places that are, you know, can't be open right now. We set up an online store and connected that to our website. And so all those all those businesses and uh, sent out all through their social media the last two weeks. I mean, I think we've probably printed, you know, maybe three to five hundred shirts. Most of all those profits goes to the downtown association to support those local businesses. We're like right in the middle of uh, doing a uh, support local uh, New Braunfels, uh, you know, shirt. Uh, We just haven't rolled that out yet on our social media um, we're trying to contact some of the heavier hitters in our community to add some credibility to it. Um, so we are going to do that. On the other side, a lot of what's happening is out of our control. I mean, we literally went from, you know, being 40% ahead of last year at the end of January till I think in the last three weeks, we've had two orders. It's not so much that we don't want sales. It's just the cust- our customers, schools and nonprofits and small businesses, they're just not open right now. So this is an unprecedented thing, right? And so I'm never going to have be able to stop my business. It's unfortunate, I know. And to have this much time to actually dive in and look at my business from a financial, from an organizational, you know, from a profitability standpoint. We probably should have done from the beginning and we're having an opportunity to do it now. I think it's very like just admirable and intelligent of you. And I was even thinking about it the other day because we're doing fundraisers and I know um, there's amazing events, you know, like print shops are doing some really cool movements. And as I was, you know, I was listening to something that Mark Kudre had wrote is, you know, that's not going to last forever. There's going to be this initial wave of, hey, let's order shirts, support local business. Yeah, but that's not going to keep us afloat through all of this as print shop owners. If we raise ten thousand dollars for local business, that's fantastic. That's only a thousand piece order. Right. Right. Unless you've got them going across the country. Eventually, you know, uh, I'm worried that it's going to slow down. And yeah, 
I think what I'm hearing from you is like, yeah, we're going to try that. We're going to do some things. I'm not, that's not your, your biggest concern right now. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Talk to us a little bit about how you plan financially. You obviously have a family, kids in college. Um, yeah. You know, what responsible choices do you make as a business owner and, and you know, um, with someone just like of wisdom? Because I don't, I don't hear a huge panic button from you yeah, so whereas in, in my group chats it's like oh my god what are we going to do everybody's financial situation is different about uh two weeks ago mark kudre was doing the the webinar on you know how to survive uh kind of what we're going through now when i listened to that webinar one of the things that we had done just days before that was to furlough our employees, because one of the most important things that everybody has to do right now is conserve their capital. Uh, if you have cash, I would be in a much different situation now had I not furloughed everyone and I just kept paying payroll. I didn't want to have to pay payroll and then wait on the SBA or wait on a local bank or wait on the government to, to help me out. Our situation was a little different in that we did have, you know, some cash where we could pay our basic utilities and lease for you know two to three months if this thing goes six to nine months there's a lot of even very responsible people that'll that, that'll be panicking we just jettisoned everything that was not necessary right now we just got it down to like hey what are the basic things that we need to do from an expense part you know to survive because the main thing right now, and I think Mark Kudre talked about this a little bit, is just surviving. Like when this is over, you just got to make sure you're still here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, $10,000 for a $10 million shop may not be a lot. You know, talking about the SBA uh, economic injury disaster loan. But, you know, when I went on the other day and I applied for it, I'm like, you know, there's a little box you check if you want the $10,000 grant. I'm like, well, yes, because <laughs> the way I look at it is that's capital I'm going to get. You know, if I need it, I can use it. If I don't need it, then when whenever the loan processor calls me, uh, you know, we start that process, I can pay it back, you know, if I don't need it or use it. But right now, I think we could all rest a little easier not knowing that we have some insurance. So, for example, you know, for us, we have some cash, but we also went on and applied for the SBA economic injury disaster loan. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to have me put it on payments at three or 4%. If I don't need to use it, then we won't. But if we get to a point where this thing drags out five or six months, I may have to use that cash. I think right now it's just doing everything we can like expense-wise and spending-wise to, to lower that and stop spending so that we're still here. Because if I'm going to implement the uh, stuff that the traction and the entrepreneurial operating system on the other side of this, and I'm going to get more organized as far as, you know, uh, financially when it comes to, you know, break-even, cash flow statements, profit and loss, you know, one of the things that we talk about, and Stephen, you and I talked about this a little bit, but I never did it, is what are the three or four things that are out front, not like a profit and loss, that are driving sales? You know, like what are the key performance indicators that are out front driving sales? You know, they're in front of sales. Well, when, when this thing comes back, 
I want to know what those are and I want to be able to track them and follow them up weekly, you know, and I wasn't doing that before. Right. And so the customers are not going away. Right. We, you know, I was looking the other day, I mean, we have maybe two or 300 loyal customers and, and, you know, we've probably touched over 2000 people in our community, either on social media or Facebook, or they've come in our retail and bought something. They're still going to be here in three to four months. They're going to come back. Schools, schools are going to open again, right? But when they do, I want to be a better, more organized, more efficient company. And I would not have had a chance. There's no way I would have had a chance to hit pause as busy as we were doing a you know half million dollars in sales with only five employees, by the way, you know. And so everybody's wearing multiple hats. Now, I will say there's probably shop owners that are not like us. Like they're probably dialed into these things already. They run a tight ship. They're organized. You know, they're, they, they're dialed in and they're doing things that they should be doing. What I'm saying in our example, when you first start, especially, you're learning so much. You rarely ever have a chance in your second year. You know, we were about... Half a million dollars in sales, we were at like 20% profitability, okay? And there's a lot more from, from so this is kind of how I look at it. From 500,000 in sales to a million, there's a lot of things that have to happen from a organizational perspective to get to a million dollars. Now, uh, 500,000, you, you can be a little bit disorganized and you can not have all your, you know, T's crossed and I's dotted, and you can do that. But that next journey to the next half a million or 1.5 million, you've got to really get uh, a lot more organized as a company. And so the way I look at it is when we come back, if we can do our homework right now, we'll be healthier, we'll be stronger, and we'll be prepared to grow faster on the other side, we'll make better decisions. If you don't have any sales right now and your doors are closed and like today they told me I can't be open, you need to work on your business. Dive into your financial statement and find out where you're spending money. I looked at all the money I spent in 2019 on ink, film, screens, all the supplies, right? And it was like 12 grand. How can I get that number down to seven? If I can get it down to seven or eight, that next year when I do it, you know, when we do a half million dollars in sales again, that just drops right to the bottom line. Sure. That so makes sense. And you need to be going through your expenses. You need to be looking and saying, you know, this was what this budget was for 2019. We actually, Are there any saves in here? Spinning back a second, because you, you talked about something beforehand that we came up again, which is being debt free. You started the business saving cash and doing that way instead of financing. Why go that route? Because of what's happening right now. Because I'm not sitting here panicking over trying to make a $1,900 press payment or a $800 DTG payment or trying to call the person that's financing those and ask them for a deferment or sure. a forbearance, right? Okay. And so for, for me, that's why we wanted to to start that way not everybody has that opportunity to start that way that's what we decided to do what makes me want to throw up a little bit is the fact that you know we may have to take a loan 
going forward to still be here when it's over, uh, which is even more important why you should get organized now. Because if there is a loan for our company on the other side to make it through this mess, which is why it's even more important to be more profitable and organized and efficient than you were before, because you've got to pay that back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Did really I answer the question, Bruce? I no, I think that's spot on. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting as what people's backgrounds are and what they think and, and how they want to use that money. Obviously, it was very good planning. And I know, Farrick, I think you guys did very heavy cash for quite a while as cash only purchases. Right? Yeah. Uh, my business partners were very much like, we're going to save money, put it in the bank, um, not have much debt. I'm fortunate because we are pretty debt free. We own our building, have, you know, small amount of liabilities. On the flip side, you know, we did buy a lot of equipment and cash and that would be nice to have right now if there was a, you know, because there is a good way to, you know, leverage and things like right. that. Right. But if you could go to sleep knowing you don't owe anyone money, it's a pretty good feeling. You know, I think all of us right now are looking at things like, you know, okay, we got credit card bills, we owe SNS, Alpha, Sanmar, and I'm looking at things, I'm like, okay, like, let me be a little bit strategic about how I pay them. And before, I used to just be like, okay, we'll just send SNS a check for 50 grand. There you go. And now I'm like, wait a second, I got returns, I got this. You know, when we get an order that comes in, I look at it and I'm just like, we got gold. All of us are looking at things much differently. And even on the ink front, I mean, I used to just order, and, and I was talking to Justin Lawrence about this, just recklessly. You know, hey, I need another five gallon of 701. Hey, yeah. I need a five gallon of this. Hey, just grab me that. Our ink guys would love to hear this. But um, <laughs> you know, now I'm looking at it and I'm like, is there a smarter way to inventory ink? Is there a, a smarter way? You know, how much stock do we have on our shelves? Do we do returns every week properly? Um, I think a lot of the things that you're saying, like, when you come back healthier and stronger, it's going to help your bottom line so much more. I think I love what you said in the fact that you will never be able to pause like we're pausing right now. And so, um, Bruce, maybe we need to just get back on traction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's what a great move. book. So, I, th I think I was two-thirds yeah. of the way through, and then this all happened. But we actually uh, have an EOS certified speaker coming for Print Hustlers Conf this year. So they're going to walk through a lot of those and, and kind of some common pitfalls and best practices and all that. So uh, Sweet. Gino Wickman uh, said he's booked for probably the next two years. <laughs> well, so to add to that, Bruce, you know, if you think about it, in the book Traction, for example – We've never had a sales and marketing plan. What is your niche? What is your, you know, uh, what is it guarantee? So what is your proven process? And what are the three things that make you unique to your customer? Maybe better refine your target list, who you need to follow up with. And, you know, um, number two, what is your sales and marketing plan? Who is your customer? You know, I, I, I would say my wife and I have probably defined our customers pretty well, but I don't know that we've ever really verbalized those to our employees. And I don't know when it comes to spending money on social media that we've really got dialed into, we want to market to these customers, right? Sure. It's more of like been a shotgun approach. That's huge. Yeah, I really appreciate the tidbits. I mean, we've got some really great stuff, right? Uh, you know, the whole debt-free versus financing, the ability to hit the reset button, and viewing that in that optimistic light there. So thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate the time, Jody. 
Well, Jody, this is cool because I think a lot of um, shops are going to resonate with this and, and everything that's going on, and it's admirable to see how you guys are handling it. The other thing I want to add, too, is so when we go to, like, print hustlers, I think I have the last two years, right? <laughs> yeah. And these are full of notes, right, and good ideas. Yeah. Now, ask me, have I ever done them? Maybe a few things. Take some of the things you've learned from Print Hustler or from some of the conferences you've been to and start to try to implement. You know, don't try to do it all, but try to implement one or two things into your business that you weren't doing before. Yeah, this has been really great. Thank you so much, Jody. This is Bruce from Printavo. Thanks for joining us in the Print Hustlers Podcast Weekly. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. See y'all.